Look at you all tuning into the podcast and everything. You're so sexy and so sharp and cutting edge. Look at you listening on your earbuds and being all cool and everything. Look at you trying to improve your life by listening to a podcast from some guy who's made a lot of mistakes and wants to share those mistakes with you. Hey, listen, thanks for tuning in the podcast, not tuning in, downloading the podcast. You tune in the radio station. Uh, Although I heard something like 18% of people, um, and this is not one of those made up stats, 18% of people don't have a radio in their home anymore. Or if they do, it's buried in a closet. And I think that's really true. I think people listen in their car or they listen online, particularly young people. Maybe it was just millennials that don't listen to um, a terrestrial, as we call it, radio in their home anymore. I mean, think about it. When you grew up, was there a radio on your kitchen counter? Did you have a clock radio that went off every morning? Uh, People put their phone by their bed now. That's their alarm clock. I don't. I have a regular alarm clock because my phone's charging downstairs. But I don't think that most people have a rate. Well, many people don't have a radio that they listen to anymore. Uh, They listen in their car or on an app like iHeartRadio. Hey, here's an interesting little uh, factoid that kind of this is a natural little progression. But first of all, let me just back up a little bit. Say thanks for uh, uh, downloading the podcast. I appreciate it. Our podcast listens have gone up rather dramatically in the last couple of weeks, and I don't know what that's from, but I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Maybe you told a friend about it, or maybe you, um, I don't know, listened to it twice. I don't know why you would, but um, our podcast listens, I can measure them online, and they've gone up pretty dramatically. Maybe the podcast has just gotten better. Maybe it's grown. I'm not sure. Anyway, thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. Um, It's all based on the book. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. And we'll get to a chapter out of the book in a little while. We'll talk more about that. We've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about in the podcast today. And I'm also waiting for a special guest to call me during the podcast to see if she wants to talk to us. But I'm not sure that I will hear from her or not. So let me just start off by uh, reading an email that I got from uh, Laura. Laura writes uh, Dave to Dave Ryan at kwb.com. That's our email address. She says, hey, just cut up on all your podcasts. I love it. I've got an idea that might be a fun segment to do on a regular basis. Things you wanted to say but didn't or something along those lines. Basically, you had mentioned stuff you wanted to say on the air but didn't say because of reasons. Uh, uh, she says, I think it would be fun for listeners of the show to hear your inside thoughts about whatever was discussed that week. It also might direct more people to your podcast because it's juicy. Uh, and that is from Laura. Thank you, Laura. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that I just, I w- if I wouldn't say them on the radio, I don't know that I would say them on the podcast, but there are a few that I just can't say on the radio. And I'll, I'll rather than delay it, I'll just tell you right now. Um, uh, Top 40 music is in a shit phase right now. Um, uh, some of the music we play is is just kind of not good. It's in a really weird phase. It's a very cyclical kind of um, a, a genre of music. Top 40 music has big peaks and low valleys of quality. And right now we are in a low valley of quality. And this is kind of one of the things that we're struggling with right now is because the top 40 music industry is giving us a very weird blend of made-up artists. I mean, I'm. this is going to rub some people the wrong way, but this is what you're asking for, Laura, things that I can't say on the radio. A very weird blend of artists that appeal to young women almost exclusively. What do I mean by that? Halsey it appeals to young women almost exclusively. Camila Cabello appeals to 
young women almost exclusively. Selena Gomez, Ariana Grande appeal to young women almost exclusively. And there's nothing wrong with that except that what is there for a 30-year-old woman? What is there for a 25-year-old guy? What is there for an 18-year-old guy? An 18-year-old guy or a 25-year-old guy or a 33-year-old woman's probably not going to be jamming to Post Malone. Maybe they will. Actually, they that's probably a better example. Post Malone is actually a little variety, but but not jamming out to like Ariana Grande or you know, even though they're catchy songs, they don't speak to a 35-year-old woman or a 23-year-old dude to hear a song about how, you know, Halsey talking about how she's bad at love and men suck, which basically it's it is a song about how men suck. You notice in the song Bad at Love, both the guys are evil sexists, but both of the girls in the song that she breaks up with, uh, one had a drug problem and the other one she just didn't have time for. But the man in the song, one is calling her a bitch again, and then the other one wants her in the kitchen with his dinner plate. So the men are both evil sexists. So that doesn't really speak to men. So we're in kind of a funk right now as far as top 40 music. And I'll be honest with you, um, the the whole industry as, tar- as far as top 40 radio stations are not doing as well as they normally do. And I can do, even take that a step further. Here's something you don't know. There are about 77 top 40 KDWB-like radio stations in the iHeart Media Group, but only five of them are still in the top five in their ratings. And fortunately, KDWB is one of them, despite the kind of, honestly, kind of crap music that we're stuck with right now. Um, not that Camille Cabello is crap, but I'll say it again, too many songs that appeal almost exclusively to young women. Young women love it, but somebody like, you know, a 40-year-old woman that we normally do really well in the ratings with, uh, she's looking somewhere else right now until the good music comes back. Why is the music so bad in Top 40 Radio right now? Uh, that's a really good question. I think that we expected a hit album from Taylor Swift. We expected a hit album from Justin Timberlake, and we expected a hit album from Katy Perry. They all kind of bombed. I mean, not a single hit from Fucking Justin Timberlake, who should be just smoking the airwaves and radio with hit songs with his new album, Man of the Woods. It was kind of a bomb. Let's look at Katy Perry. Katy Perry's been making hits since like 2008. Everything she does is just a smash hit song, but no hits from her album. Um, Taylor Swift took a big misstep by releasing uh, Look What You Made Me Do, which is a weird, unusual song that was very... Taylor-esque, but was not a good song. It's not a singable song. Uh, it was no style or um, what, what was the, some of the other big songs that I can't think of right now, uh, but not a big hit song off of Taylor Swift's album. What is her new one called? Delirious or something like that? I can't remember. But so Top 40 Radio is in a bad funk right now. But let's step back and go even further back. Back when I first got into radio uh, in the early 80s, yes, I'm old, uh, the big core artists were huge. Let's name them, shall we? Prince, Madonna, and Michael Jackson. In 1983, 84, 85, those three artists just killed it, and they cranked out a, just an endless supply of great radio hits, and Top 40 Radio killed it during that time. Uh, and then 
it was cyclical. And then they went to shit like, um, I don't know, some minor songs from artists that you don't remember or maybe don't care to remember. And then it went up again in the late 80s, back down, like after New Kids on the Block killed Top 40 Radio because New Kids on the Block was really polarizing because adults didn't want to hear 14-year-old boys sing shit songs like Hangin' Tough. And I'm sorry, Hangin' Tough is a shit song. That is one of the worst successful top 40 songs I've ever heard. And whether you're a New Kids fan on the block, I apologize for you know upsetting you, but that song is shit. Um, and adults didn't want to hear it. So imagine the, the adults listening in the late 90s or in the late 80s, we're hearing songs from Madonna, who had kind of a sophisticated period back then. Janet Jackson, who had kind of a sophisticated period back then. Uh, and Bon Jovi. All of a sudden, now they're listening to Hangin' Tough and other crap from New Kids on the Block. It killed Top 40 Radio. So it's cyclical. It goes up and down. We're about to wrap this segment up and talk about other stuff. But that is one of the things, Laura, that I can't talk about on the radio. Why Top 40 music sucks right now and we're waiting for it to come out of its funk so but the good news is our morning show is still doing really well and here's another thing there's a lot of people that say don't play any more music don't play Halsey I've heard it a million times I've heard him and I and I've heard uh, what was the other one um, that's Kesha and uh, Macklemore and the club outside of first half or the snow outside of first half um, and it's a great song, but we played it so many times. Why do we play the same songs over and over? Because there's nothing else out there that's doing well, that tests. They test this stuff, and they play it, and they play samples for people, and they say, what do you think? Do you like it? Yeah, I like it. Do you want to hear more of it? No, I'm so tired of it. That's another interesting phenomenon. Think about that. Think of a song that you love, but you never want to hear it again. I'll give you one, Him and I. It's a great song, but I never want to hear it again. I'm so tired of it. Going back even further, the song Hotel California was the first song I ever realized I love that song, but I never want to hear it again. I'm so fucking tired of hearing that song. All right, so we test these songs, and that's why you hear a lot of the same songs over and over on KDWB. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of the time we'll drop a song if we see him and I coming up or Dua Lipa coming up, we're like, uh, Dua Lipa is another song that appeals almost exclusively to young women. Do you see the pattern there? It's not a coincidence. It's just, it's just bad timing without any Justin Timberlake or Taylor Swift to break things up. Okay, let's move on to other things here because um, that's a, that's a really good question, Laura, and thanks for sending your email. If you have a question or a subject idea for the podcast, uh, let me know. Send it to... Uh, Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. Emails take up so much time. I sit down at the counter every night. See if you have the same kind of experience. I wonder if we've talked about this before. Um, you sit down to answer email and you want to give thoughtful responses. You know, if somebody writes to you and they say, hey, Gretchen, assuming your name is Gretchen, which of course it's not. Or is it? And they say, Gretchen, I just wanted to say you did a great job at our team meeting today, and I'm really impressed with how far you've come and, and how inspired you were and how inspired and blah, blah, blah. You cannot write back and say, thanks. See you tomorrow. So you write back a thoughtful email and you spend way too long doing it. 
I do the same thing. We get emails all the time, and, and we don't have somebody that answers our emails for, for us. We answer them ourselves. So I always try to write back a thoughtful email, and it takes a lot of time. Hey, listen, please don't stop emailing me because I really need your emails. But I, I think I make a mistake sometimes in like going, well, I don't want Gretchen to think that I'm a dick or a snob by writing back, dashing off a short reply. So I write back a thoughtful email, but then I spend 10 minutes doing it. Or even five minutes if you've got 20 of those is a long time. Isn't it funny how email is supposed to make our lives so much easier, but it's actually taken up so much of our time? What did we do at night at home before electronics? What did we do? I think we watched TV or listened to the radio. Back when kids were, back when I was a kid, and even up until 10 or 20 years ago, Kids would sit in their room, do their homework, and call the radio station and listen to the radio and request songs and do shout-outs and dedications and things like that. And I don't think kids do that so much anymore. Um, uh, let's move on to another thing that I wanted to talk about. Mainstream swear words. I swear on the podcast because it's just fun. I don't know. I don't try to overdo it. I don't swear any more than the average person usually. But... Isn't it funny? Do you ever notice you read an article by a mainstream publication or a moderately mainstream publication like Vogue or GQ or Huffington Post or uh, I don't I'm, name another one, probably not USA Today or Time, but they'll use the words fuck and bullshit and suck or don't be a pussy. And it's a little bit shocking to me. I like it, but at the same time, I think there's certain places where I want to be able to go where they don't use the word bullshit or pussy. What do you think about that? I It's just so much more mainstream. I get every day I get a, a, a service called Flipboard in my email, and it gives you 10 top stories for the day, and it gives you 10 top stories for the week. And it's really interesting to catch up. And a lot of the articles from websites like Vox or I can't think of another one right now, they're mainstream, but they'll use swear words. And it's really weird. And maybe it's because I'm getting older and I remember a time back in my day, uh, you didn't hear writers of mainstream articles and newspapers and magazines use shit. And it really pissed me off. And so I told him, fuck you. Um, isn't that interesting? But we all talk like that. Why are we, why do we raise eyebrows at things like that? Okay. I, uh, I'm going to check to see whether this, um, woman, no, she's not gotten back to me. She wrote me an email that was really interesting. And her first initial is H and I don't want to give her name away because she tells a very, very personal story. And I'll probably have her on next week or the week after. So we'll see what happens. But she was going to call me uh, to be on the podcast if she got this. So it doesn't look like she's going to make it. So let me read you um, an email from someone who asked also to be anonymous. And here he is. Good morning, Dave. I'm an avid listener of your Take a Shower podcast. I've got a few topics and ideas I'd like to share. I haven't listened to all your episodes, but only the latest one, so I apologize if you've mentioned this before. My first topic is about people who feel they are entitled to everything. While in college, I worked part-time as part of my work-study grant on campus at the Permit Parking Department. I worked there for three years, and during my time there, I have learned that certain people feel entitled to everything. One of the most common complaints are parking tickets by students. Their most common excuse is, I was only there for five minutes, or I didn't know I couldn't park there. 
in my head, I'm like, you're an adult. You're in college now. Grow up, read the signs, and follow the rules. It's also sad when college students bitch at me about how they can't pay their tickets because they're too broke. What makes it worse are the students who tell their parents, and they call me saying their kids shouldn't pay this ticket. The apple does not fall far from the tree. I remember seeing a blog from Fallon saying how she paid a parking ticket even though she knew she was in the right but decided to pay it anyway. Responsibility is what is missing in people nowadays. You're sounding old when you say the word nowadays, but I totally get what you mean. People need to start taking responsibility for their actions and stop asking for handouts or demanding they deserve this and that. Hey, you know what? The discussion about the entitlement culture is not a new one by any means. Um, it's really interesting how people say there's even commercials that say you deserve a nice new car. You deserve a beautiful smile. There's one on TV now that's like, hey, get affordable uh, dental imp implants. You deserve a beautiful smile. Fuck no, you don't. You don't deserve shit. Why do you deserve a beautiful smile? I, it's like saying you deserve to be beautiful. Fuck you. You do not deserve to be beautiful. Nobody deserves to be beautiful. You don't deserve a new car. You don't deserve a great vacation. You deserve a great vacation. You deserve front row tickets. Fuck you. No, you don't. You don't deserve anything. Um, we deserve what we earn. We deserve what we pay for. We deserve what we have, have earned, not what we feel like we want. I want a jacuzzi tub. I want a hot tub and a spa in my backyard. Do I deserve it? Fuck no, I don't. Do I want to get one? Sure. Will I get one? No. But do I deserve one? No, I don't. Maybe I will get one. It'd be kind of cool. Um, it's really interesting. And there's another phenomenon. If we go back to um, uh, Laura's letter a little while ago, things that I can't say on the radio, uh, people feel like they deserve a better concert experience, which kind of blows me away. It used to be if you got concert tickets to take your kid to go see Taylor Swift or take your kid to go see Ariana Grande, that was enough. You're taking your kid to a great concert, and the seats are probably at least 80 bucks a piece for Ariana Grande, probably $200 or more for Taylor Swift. That's good enough. But every day when a big concert comes to town, we get emails from somebody who says, my daughter and I are going to see Taylor Swift we would love it if you could get us backstage to meet her. She wants to tell Taylor how much she's meant to her and how much she's changed her life, and she's a good kid, and she really deserves this. No, she does not deserve a chance to meet Taylor Swift. She deserves great treatment. She deserves a great parent. She deserves for you to pay her for her medical bills and for her rent and health care and, and food, but she doesn't deserve backstage Taylor Swift. So that's really interesting that you bring that up, uh, and I appreciate that one. He goes on to say, my next topic that I would like to discuss is buying a car for the first time. You seem like a guy who's been around the block a few times. I'll take that as a compliment when it comes to buying a car. So here we go. I'm 24 years old and I just graduated college. To be honest, my credit score is pretty shit and I work a decent paying job. What tips would you give for a first-time car buyer with a low credit score? Should I buy from a dealership, new or used? What's a fair APR? Um, I'm also not a hustler, so I don't like to haggle with the salesperson. Thanks for your time. Keep up the good work, Dave. I'd like to remain anonymous if, if possible. I don't think I said your name, so I think we're good there. Um, used car, for sure. Used car. Get a quality inspected used car. They will, if you find a good dealership, they'll sell to almost anybody. However, be prepared to walk away. Be prepared. You hold the power 
when you're buying a car, but you almost always walk out of there feeling like you got screwed. Here's why. You buy a car maybe once every three or every five or every nine years. Car salespeople sell a car or at least try to several times a week or maybe on weekends several times a day. I don't know how often they sell a car. They do this for a living. You do not. You're going to feel like you're getting screwed. Make sure you at any time feel the power to walk away. And also, they will drag you into a relationship that exists solely for them to sell you a car. Hey, how you doing? Can I get you guys a water? Um, what you looking at here? You're looking at the new Mazda? Okay, yeah. Hey, why don't you guys, let me get you a water. You guys want to get a test drive? And where are you guys from? Oh, yeah, I got my, my, gra- my grandma lives there. They start to form this fake relationship with you. And then you feel obligated. Let me put this, I can't state this any more strongly. You do not have any obligation to buy a car from this person. They will be okay and they will not cry themselves to sleep or hate you forever if you don't buy a car from them. If you feel like you're not getting a good deal at any time, and remember, your relationship with this car salesman is not helping the price or the value of the car. So don't be suckered in by them doing their jobs and selling themselves and making you feel appreciated. It does not affect the price of the car. Come in with a price, do some research on the price, and tell them, here's what I want to pay. If they start fucking you around and you feel uneasy, you say, you know what? You have a good day. And you stand up and you walk out. Do not put up with that. And that's the best advice I can give you. Um, I have told a, a couple of car dealerships that um, in one way or another. It's like, you know what? I'm, I'm here to buy a car. And I am not here to talk about the Vikings. I am not here. And I do it in sort of a way that's like, you know what? I'm not being a dick. I'm, I say it with a half smile on my face. Um, but once in a while, I get the, hey, you're Dave Ryan, aren't you? And I'll say, you know what? Yes, but let's let that be the last time we bring that up. And because I don't want to talk about Dave Ryan. I don't, I, want, I don't want them to bring the other salespeople over so I can call somebody for their daughter's birthday. I don't want, I'm not there for that. So anyway, I think I've made a point. So if you're buying a car, you have the power to walk away. You are under no obligation to buy from that person. So buy used also. We all know buy used. Buy one that's a couple of years old and buy from a reputable dealership. I would not buy, I I don't know, I would not buy from somebody on Craigslist. But at the same time, just because you've heard of the dealership does not by any means mean they're reputable. Hey, read some reviews. I don't know if um, uh, you can find reviews online. Does Yelp review car dealers? I'm not sure. But look around. If you see a consistent pattern of like you know low ratings, then uh, I'll tell you a quick story. Check this out. This happened years ago. Car dealership in Columbus, Ohio. This is the kind of shit they pull. Not all of them, but some of them. And you got to watch out for this. Car dealership in Columbus, Ohio. I used to live there. And they had a chapel on site 
where the car dealer, the owner of this car dealership, kind of presented himself as a religious Christian man. And he would not rip you off because he is Christian and, uh, you know, you can trust him and he, you know, whatever, wants to do right by you and your family and by God. And uh, I heard stories that people would say, you know, I want to buy this new Jeep. I'm just not sure I can afford it. Rather than $18,000, maybe what a Jeep cost back then, I don't know. Rather than $18,000, can I pay you $17,000? And uh, this is how the story would go. The salesman would go back to his boss and say, can I pay that? Can they pay $17,000? Can we accept their $17,000 offer? The general manager, the sales manager would say, no. You send them to the chapel and you tell them to pray until God tells them that they can buy that car. And if they come back and they said God tells them they can't afford it, you send them back to the chapel to pray again. Holy fuck, is that ever fucked up? Using God and religion and these people's um, faith to try to get them to pay more. So my point is, be careful when you're buying a car. Um, all right. Is there anything else? Okay. A couple of things. We always try to do a chapter in the book on the podcast because, I mean, it's all based on the book. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Uh, they were sold out on Amazon last week. So if you go to barnesandnoble.com, they still have them on there. Um, if you go to itaskabooks.com, you have to type in the entire title for it to show up. It's messed up. They admit that it's messed up, but go on Barnes and Noble to buy the book. You can also download the Kindle version. Uh, Fallon says nobody uses a Kindle anymore. I don't know if that's true or not, but I do have a Kindle version for about $7.99, I believe. All right, let's dig in. I like this chapter. We don't talk about this one very much, but um, let's do this one. Number two, men are not afraid of independent women. We hear it all the time. Men are scared of me because I'm independent. That's why I'm still single. While there may be men who truly don't like independent women, these men aren't much of a catch, to be completely honest. All good men, all good men really do like a genuinely independent women, woman. They want a partner who has her own interests, can take care of herself, and has a life of their own. But it seems like a lot of women who describe themselves as independent are really more self-centered than anything else. They're doing their own thing. At the expense of being interested in their partner, that's not good. Let's back up a second. What do we all love? We all love attention, right? We all love knowing that we're important to someone, that we matter to him or her, and that we make his or her life better. Someone who considers herself an independent woman might, just might, instead be so focused on her career, yoga classes, and her trip to Vegas with the girls that her boyfriend gets bored and walks away. He didn't feel needed or appreciated, so he went to look for it somewhere else. Most men do want a relationship, a partnership where they feel needed. You've heard women who complain about men who concentrate too much on work, their golf game, and their poker night, yet these men aren't called independent. They're called selfish. Double standard. Independent women are great, but there's a fine line between independent and self-absorbed. If I could rewrite that 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 uh, chapter, I would, because it makes it sound like I have something against women who want to go to yoga class and want to have their own interests. That is not it at all. I love people who are interesting away from me. I get on my wife Susan about this because a lot of the time she watches TV, and it's like, no, what what do you want to do that? 
is interesting that we can talk about later. I mean, she volunteered for some political things, and that's interesting. And she takes some cooking classes, and that's interesting. Um, she's certainly not selfish. She's very independent. I mean, if I were to disappear tomorrow, she probably would not miss me for about a week. She'd be like, wait a second, where's where'd Dave go? Anyway, I hope that chapter comes across the way I want it to. Let me just boil it down to this. A good man is not afraid of an independent woman. A good man treasures, treasures an independent woman because that's what he wants. I think a creepy, stalkery, possessive guy would want a woman who's more dependent on him. Does that make sense? I hope it does. And if you disagree, maybe I maybe I fumbled that one. Send me an email to Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. Hey, we're on Facebook. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you have any ideas for subjects you want to bring up or any questions or comments on the podcast, hey, zip me off a quick email. It doesn't have to be like a, a story or a novel. Just zip me off a quick email to Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. I think I used to have a Twitter handle, but I don't think I do anymore. You can always tweet me at Dave Ryan KDWB. Thank you for listening. Graduation presents. Hey, it's graduation season. Uh, it's a great book, a great graduation present for a young person who doesn't know maybe all of these painful lessons, especially about loaning people money or about how you should always use a condom, <laughs> things like that. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. I uh, hope you have a great week. I appreciate you, and we'll see you next week on the podcast. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Take care. Thank you.